I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, it's great to have you here for the COB. It is the 6th of July I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scuddy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty well, thank you. It was an interesting day. I hate that description of anything, but it was. Uh, you know, we saw the market pushing into positive territory, perhaps against all expectations. But after 2 p.m., we saw a big sell-off, and the local market ended down by about two tenths of one percent for the Chiax 200. The S&P ASX 200 more significant falls down by seven-tenths of a percent. And that is despite big moves in China, big moves around the region, really, and also really positive U.S. futures. So over to you, Scotty. What was it? Uh, I suspect that it's got something to do with the New South Wales-Victorian border. Uh, when you go and look at economic risks, that is obviously a clear one. Australia has benefited from our handling to date of the pandemic. Uh, but I think from a, a bigger perspective, uh, we talk about our largest trading partners and the like, and China is obviously Australia's, as it is with many other countries. There, over the weekend, we've seen a lot of positive vibes coming out from regulators. State-run media there has been uh, talking up the prospects of why you should need to own stocks and looks to be actively encouraging people to go and partake in a rally uh, to go and deepen capital markets, get interest going, improve wealth. And I suspect that you put the two together, and we might have seen a few people switching out of the Australian market into the Chinese market. That's... Just a hunch, but looking at things like uh, the Chinese yuan, the currency, it's strengthened as well. So it looks like there has not only been domestic inflows uh, into China, but there may also be offshore inflows. Of course, that may have come from Australia. Possibly. And uh, the fact that we have, again, seen that border being shut between New South Wales and Victoria from tomorrow, I should say, for the first time in 100 years, it just probably didn't do a lot for sentiment. We will get a read on consumer confidence tomorrow coming from the ANZ. Last week, it already showed a reaction to the rising coronavirus case count in Victoria. So it'll be really interesting to see if we see a continuation of that theme. And uh, it doesn't take much really to knock consumers' confidence when there are so many other things to worry about out there. Yes, it'll be uh, unfortunately the timing of the, uh, the announcement means that we're not going to capture that, uh, that, that development today in this latest series. No. It would be great to see if we could break it down via state and actually going to do an ex-Victorian uh, reading, uh, just to go and get mm-hmm. a read of how the rest of the states who are you know, largely unaffected by these sort of measures now uh, are feeling. But it's clearly going to go and have an impact over time. Now we wait and hopefully uh, we don't see any of those cases in Melbourne uh, in particular moving up to states like New South Wales. Uh, you do not want that spreading into Sydney. And then particularly when you go further down the line, you've got things like, you know, we're, we're due to go and open up the border with Queensland to the rest of the country uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So if we start seeing expanded spread, then we run the risk of uh, obviously going back into a kind of a lockdown scenario. And that is exactly what we do not want. 
That is not what we want. Uh, we spoke with Deloitte Excess Economics Chief Economist Chris Richardson, who said that the decision to close the Victorian border is unfortunate, but totally understandable. But he did point out that, look, there's no, you know, yes, there are state borders, but if Victoria suffers, if it suffers more than the rest of the states, it doesn't necessarily mean a positive for all of us because the pain will be shared regardless. If you'd like to listen to that interview with Chris Richardson, uh, you can just go to the show notes and a quick link is down there. I will mention another interview we did because you brought up retail investors in China. Our government might not be actively encouraging us overtly to get into uh, the share market. However, perhaps because of some of the policy moves it has taken, we are seeing a big rise in what self-wealth calls active traders. So some people call them retail, new investors, Robin Hood traders, whatever you want to call it. Self-wealth's base is growing and it's grown through this COVID period exponentially and they do have a younger demographic. So yeah, you know, we saw about 70% um, of self-wealth clients, according to its managing director, Rob Edgley, um, being on the buy side and long-term investors. However, they do skew young and the surge has come in the past few months. And it's been almost entirely fueled by buying. So I just go and add that I'd like to see how, they, uh, how the figures look when it's uh, tested by the first significant downturn, uh, whether those, uh, those people who are trading that's a very uh, generous term in what they are doing there. Um, we'll all be around. Well, I did ask him that question. So if you'd like to hear that answer, you can access that through the show notes as well. Regardless, self-wealth, I find that a bit of a tongue twister. But anyways, it was up by about 16% today. They're looking to diversify their revenue streams. Big plans for trading U.S. equities as well going forward. So that was a winner today. But the big mover as well was Jumbo Interactive. It was up by 13%. I have my tail between my legs thinking it could have been you know, a bit of an afterglow from the news with Tab Corp yesterday. Because if you remember, the shares were very sold down, but then you know, a lot in the market came around to view it as a positive going forward. But hey, it actually, we're being told, comes down to this $60 million Powerball on Thursday. Yeah, 80 million. Uh, so, 80 million. So, so maybe, maybe some of that investing that we were talking about with self wealth, uh, maybe there's going to be some investing in the, uh, the latest jackpot figures uh, you know, coming up from, I think it's Powerball this week. So 80 million, I can imagine that Australians love to go and have a punt. So when you've got other things like uh, you know, parts of Victoria being locked down at the moment, means to go and participate. It's very difficult to go to your local news agent, jump online. That obviously will go and help benefit. Jumbo Interactive. Yeah, and if you're in Victoria and you're locked down and you can't go online, then again, a beneficiary maybe, of that maybe, maybe, buy a, maybe buy a pass to go and get out of Victoria for the time being. All right, so your view, I think we've covered. If you um, would like to just read that in black and white, it's always worthwhile. You can sign up for our newsletter. Um, just email us and we can let you know how to get onto that newsletter. It's also called the COB. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, our stock of the day was 7 West Media. It closed up by 5%. It is selling down assets. It has debt due. It needs to relieve its debt burden. We had two of our expert guests, Nathan Samasandram from Blue Ocean Equities and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investors, sit down and talk with Kashi about this one. And uh, let's listen in to what they had to say. Actually, the underlying sector is struggling yep. and has been struggling for a while. Um, look, it's, I'm now one of those people, when you're looking at the data, the sector hasn't turned. There's still tough times ahead. The economy has got tough times ahead. But that, you know, people are beginning to realize that. And the, the old media sector is actually pricing that. So you're probably near sometime at the bottom. 
but I tend to wait for things to improve. Yeah. I'm willing to give the first five to 10% yeah. to wait for things to improve and buy it because otherwise you could be sitting in a sector that's not doing much for a while. So I'm waiting for the underlying leading indicators to turn. They haven't yet. I think the market hasn't really grasped the, the I suppose, the weakness in the economy yet. Yep. And I think it'll happen over the next three to four months, and this will offer a buying opportunity. Um, I think there are better strategies to pursue, better stocks to look at. This is a, in 10 years' time, I'd be surprised if this exists, hmm. um, this business. It, it's, it's got a whole host of problems that everyone knows about, but just because people know about them doesn't mean they're going away. Um, right. And for me, this is just um, It's been avoid. mooted as a takeover potential, uh, they consolidation. Always are. Yeah. They always are. I mean, think about what happened to ACP. You know, that, that was taken over and the old owners got a lifeline and the new owners got stuck with a bomb. Yep. Um, and, and I fear that's what this is. This is a, a ticking time bomb. So that was Gaurav Sodhi from The Intelligent Investor finishing those thoughts on stock of the day, which was Seven West Media. We mentioned that consumer confidence read coming out tomorrow. We've also got the AI Group Services index study and um, that'll be a good one to get a, a gauge of how the very very hard hit services space is traveling yeah it is, it's the biggest part of the economy by miles the biggest employer by miles uh, as long as everyone uh, reads the uh, pmi effectively and actually what the uh, the, the level <laughs> is uh we'll get a good understanding it'll give us a good information about how the most important part of the economy is faring scotty's bugbear pmis and how we're reading them go back a couple of newsletters and find out why if you missed it but the big one tomorrow locally 2 30 p.m RBA should be really fun. Uh, I'm not sure how they can go and add to the conversation. We've heard from the deputy governor last week, uh, Guy Bell. We've heard numerous times uh, the governor, uh, Philip Lowe, has been speaking uh, all via online telecast and the mm-hmm. like. Um, I suspect that there won't be too much colour added. Uh, if there's going to be any changes, in my opinion, uh, it'll be surrounding the risks imposed by overseas, uh, particularly what's going on in the United States with the pandemic there. Uh, like last month, I suspect there'll be absolutely no mention made of the Australian dollar. Uh, valuations seem around about the same levels they were when they previously met. Nothing much has changed from a, the input perspective. So it'll be interesting to see what they say. Uh, but given not much is expected, they can always shock if they want to. Yeah, do you think that they might mention something about maybe not specifically this border closure that comes into effect tomorrow, but something more significant about the opening up of the Australian economy and how that could likely play into their forecast going forward. There are some out there that do expect them to revise their GDP when we get the August Statement of Monetary Policy. Yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult one. Obviously, we've got this risk and there's so many uncertainties out there. We know that they felt that, that things are progressing a little bit better than what their baseline scenario was uh, when they released their last uh, Statement of Monetary Policy uh, back in May. How it's going to go and evolve will probably come down to what happens abroad and what happens with this lockdown in Melbourne. Uh, but given the minutes... Sorry, given the, uh, the, the uh, statement is quite condensed, I don't expect there'll be too much elaboration there. Uh, the minutes will probably have more information on, uh, on what the actual uh, threat is posed by this new lockdown measures. Okay, so tomorrow, who's on? We've got Justin Breitling, who is from Watermark Funds Management at 8.30. Looking forward to that. We've got Alan Lee, who's an Associate Director at Greenwich Capital. And so we'll be talking about the business of aged care and the impact that coronavirus is having on this really, well, some say vulnerable, but also pretty fascinating sector. A double hitter, header, I should say, double hitter from the female perspective in Nicole, Julia Lee from Berman Invest, June Bay Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners. 
There you go. We will be speaking with a whole raft of experts and economists in the wake of that RBA meeting, including the chief economist of St. George, Besedetta. And at 3.40, we'll be talking about Xtech. So that company had quite the run today. It's in the defense products space, and it gave guidance. It actually improved its guidance, which is a rarity in this environment, as you know, Scuddy. So we'll be talking to him at 3.40 to just get you know, a taste of the success that they're having and why. So uh, look, it's going to be another great day tomorrow. It'll be really interesting to see how U.S. stocks come on tonight. Uh, anything you'll be watching in the overnight session? Uh, the U.S. ISM uh, non-manufacturing uh, non uh, PMI will be out. That's a big one. Uh, I'll be looking in particular what's going on with the employment side of things there. Uh, also, any evidence of renewed supply disruptions. Uh, that will be obviously superseded by any information that comes on the other uh, pandemic, new virus cases. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how the US markets react. Once again, over the weekend, the news hasn't been great. I haven't seen a whole bunch of evidence there's been another acceleration that might go and add a bit of enthusiasm. But I also wonder whether potentially that might reflect it. It's the 4th of July, Independence Day, long weekend. And even if you've got a bit of a sniffle, I think a lot of people might just go and say, well, I'll hold off getting tested for another day or two. There might be delays in processing. So. Uh, all the information I'm getting on that front at the moment, I'm trying to go and ignore much of the noise as possible, but I'll probably have to go and wait a few days to get a real indication as to what's happening with the trend there. Okay, well, let's do it all again tomorrow, shall we? Sounds like a plan. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.